Okie doke. Right. Oh, f- that's what we drink on my f- tonight. Bollocks. Went a little caca. <laughs> There's me saying it's going really well, and then that happens. <laughs> yeah. And welcome to episode 9 of The Waiting Room, the season 1 finale of Quantum Leap and also of season 1 of The Waiting Room. I am Sai, and joining me as always is my partner in time as we jump back and forth through Mr. Well, Dr. Beckett's uh, timeline is Mr. Benny Mac. How are we doing today, my friend? I'm very good, Sai. Glad to speak to you finally, obviously all the uh, stuff going on in the world at the moment uh, is finally oh it's been chaos mate it, it? Chaos. it's been chaos well as it stands right now i have actually had my booster today as well so uh, well done to everybody else who's got theirs and i'm glad you're feeling better from actually having it which i i don't you're, you're probably the only like third person i actually know that's had it but it's not good is it Oh, honestly, it was it was insane. I mean, for those who don't know who who haven't heard i told the story on chain wrestling and so on and i've got a um an episode of SJP that I should hopefully be chucking out soon, where I kind of uh, basically led him in bed, feeling like I was dying. Just kind of recorded little voice clips of what I was going through at that time throughout the week of having oh, right. it. But that'll be out soon, hopefully, if if it makes any sense. I've listened back to some of it, and it, it just sounds <laughs> like the actual, just sort of like gibbering nonsense. But gobbledygook coming out yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. But basically, my my middle daughter. She uh, she tested positive, but without really being poorly. She was a bit grotty for a day or two, but she she was on the whole she was okay. My wife then tested positive, and again she was poorly, but got over it okay. My boy then tested positive, and again he was there was virtually nothing wrong with him. Muggins here, I test positive. I'm freaking dying, mate. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it's like it's honestly it's the most ill I have ever been in my life. It affects it's not people. Even six it affects people in different ways by the sounds of it, doesn't it? It's uh. I suppose everybody, whether you get a cold or whether it's unfortunately COVID, is the way it is at the moment. Um, I suppose everybody reacts to, differently to most viruses or illness, I guess, to a degree. I suppose it depends oh. on, I don't know, what it depends on. Maybe, the, <laughs> I don't know, it's gone from one one member of your family to the other to then to you and it's been worse for you. Or is that just because... Yeah, it was, it was horrific, honestly. I, I've never been that ill before in my life, as I said. It was, yeah. it was awful. I was basically just stuck in bed for a week oh, I, I didn't have any energy i mean at one stage i was quite hungry and that that's about else as well your appetite just well my appetite anyway just disappeared on the one occasion i was quite hungry i thought i'm gonna go downstairs and i'm gonna try and make myself something to eat i couldn't rip open the cardboard box to oh, get wow. the pizza out. i was that weak and after i cooked it i couldn't slice the pizza Oh God! <laughs> I was I was that weak. I couldn't. I didn't have the strength to press the knife down to cut the, to cut the bloody crust. It was ridiculous, mate. That's actually quite bad, to be fair. I yeah, can't live without pizza, really definitely. <laughs> but it's played as, as you know yourself, Benny, and as well as as other people who I do various bits and bobs with will be aware. It's played absolute havoc with regards to any recordings or any podcasts and so on. We've had to delay episodes of the waiting room recording. I've had to delay episodes of the doctor who pod i'm I'm working on or that's barely got off the ground i apologize to to uh my good friend dan about that 
I had to cancel an episode of Chain Wrestling Live, mate, and that broke my heart. That did. I was yeah, gutted been... about having to stop, about not being able to be well enough to do that. I was hoping I'd be able to get through that one, you know? Well, you've been doing Chain Wrestling Live now for a, for a while, so, and obviously, and then you also hit recently, you've been doing it for a year as well, so it's a miss yeah. one, you know, after a year. I think you've enti- I think you're entitled to one off. I think maybe <laughs> after a year of yeah. smashing I, it out, mate. I, I, but I, I know what I was, you mean. I was being a bit selfish, mate. I was, I was just sulking because I think I missed out on doing it myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're lucky Mags didn't replace you. I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did have, I did have a phone call, but I'm still bitter that you haven't paid me for my voiceover work. I heard the, uh, <laughs> I heard Brilliant. the, tri- I heard the tribute show. I'm in yeah. there. I'm in there, which I appreciate actually. I laughed my ass off because I'd forgot. Not that I forgot, and then I did the voiceover, but the fact that. I did it, and I went, "Oh, I, oh, I'm in the, I'm in the tribute, like the, uh, the, you know, the year look back or whatever." Yeah, yeah. That was so cool. So, um, you know, little, little fanboy moment over myself, which is a bit weird, but you know, it was quite cool. <laughs> Justified, though, my friend. Justified. Justified. No, I appreciate you <laughs> letting me do it. Actually, it was good fun. And uh, yep, I, again, I'm still waiting for the check to clear, mate. But you know, and I haven't, uh, actually, yeah, I haven't been invited. More, to... Plenty more ideas in the future as well, but we'll just combine it all under one check. Trust uh, me. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, I've not, anyway. I've not been invited. I've not been invited back. I will say this, by the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, we'll sort that out. Definitely. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> it's only been a year's worth of episodes, and you didn't invite me back. Not even, oh, a re- not even a review, mate. Come on. <laughs> it'll get rectified mate it'll get rectified I mean we're talking to each other all the time now reviewing Quantum Leap well we? yeah we better yeah. actually get on with that because people are yeah, tuned in to that. actually listen to us talk about this so let's get on with <laughs> that, it that, that, that was a good segue back onto the topic <laughs> look you see I'm nothing if not professional mate <laughs> and if you believe that you'll believe anything <laughs> went a little caca anyway <laughs> exactly uh, today's episode of Quantum Leap that we are looking back upon is the last episode of season one quite the short season compared to how the uh the, the series runs in later years episode nine of season one entitled play it again seymour uh where sam leaps into a private detective in 1953 i didn't have great memories of this looking back before watching and i'm not gonna lie benny watching it back didn't really make me feel any better um to be honest i'm there with you on this one we i think we spoke about this pre uh previously yeah we did talk about this previously on the end of the last episode um but uh yeah it's for a season finale um it isn't one of the best i mean you could Mm. because we did have snippets of like so uh color of truth um Kamikaze Kid, obviously the two that we mentioned very early on about being really good. Those are very good episodes and um, also like Quantum Leap-esque, I suppose, what we know the show to be. Um, This one seemed, I wouldn't say overly off the beaten path, but it was almost like a sidestep a little bit um, to what the show does become going forward, obviously. So... Yeah, it ain't the best. And I always remember the woman, the, um, uh, what was her name? Alison, her character. Alison, that's her name. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what it is about her. Just didn't, she annoyed me. And as I'm watching, we'll get into it, but as I was watching it, another th- a theory popped into my head that actually, because she's suspected all the way through, isn't she, until the end, to a, to which to a degree. But we'll get into it. So I'll give you that theory in a little bit. But um, as I'm watching it, I'm like, huh. But uh, yeah, not one of my favorite episodes. I was looking on IMDb actually to see what the rating was for it. Um, okay, it did get a seven point four on, which is fairly high. 
Yeah, uh, I suppose it is. Um, it? But I think it, without going actually looking at every single one, I think it's not probably might be the lowest rated. Um, I mean, Kamikaze Kid got a 8.2 out of 10, which I think is quite fair. Um, 8.6 got Color of Truth, which was the probably the best episode in the season. 7.6 for Double Identity, which is actually better than I remember it being. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean. How the test was won is 7.4, so that's actually the same. Um, I'm going to 7.2 for The Right Hand of God, which is quite low, actually. I'm surprised at that to be honest, because that ended up being a really good episode. And strangely, Starcross got a 7.7, according to IMDb, which I don't really get, because that is not one of the better ones. But, you know, we're all critics, I suppose, at the end of the day. Um, Genesis got an 8, uh, 8.0, straight 8. And the first episode got a 7.9. So that's the IMDb ratings, at least, anyway. So um, I'm quite surprised that the Starcross got higher than what I thought it was going to get. So Yeah, I mean, for, for me this episode we're going to look at today it feels almost like a step backwards uh, as we ran through season one genesis obviously kind of sets the scene doesn't it it is the very beginning and if you watch any pilot for any tv show what that show ends up becoming quite often isn't quite what you see in in, in later the on pilot, any, yeah, yeah it kind yeah. of develops and yeah and so on it's not quite Star-cross. found its feet, I think. I, th- I think the problem with it is, is they, in the f- earlier episodes especially, is like Sam's fairly well established straight away. Al's mm-hmm. kind of a bit all over the place through this season. Um, but it hasn't quite found the formula that it wants to do go- going forward of how leaps work and, and all that kind of stuff. But maybe that changes from story to story because of different eras, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah, that's kind really. of what I was going to get at. It's, yeah. It's, I, I had a big issue, as as Benny, you all know, and the people listening will know if they've listened to previous episodes. Early on, it really does feel like a show trying to find its feet. And then we get the episodes of Color of Truth, Kamikaze Kid, and to a degree, Double Identity. Double Identity is a great episode, yeah. but I, I still think it's not quite hit the right formula. We, we have to sort of come no. across to episodes seven and eight, Color of Truth and Kamikaze Kid, for that to happen. This feels like we've stepped backwards again and we're heading back into the likes of Starcrossed and how the test was won with regards to, I suppose, a lot of nonsense around what's going on in the show. There's a lot of yeah. a, lot, a lot of extra going on in the episode that we don't really need and it kind of distracts from what's going on, potentially. Yeah, I think we could have... Uh, the only thing that stood out in this episode for me, really, the story's okay. It's nice to see... Um... We were talking about him before we came on air. Uh, Willie Garson, I see him as a young man in that, although he kind of still looks the same when he was older. Yes. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he passed away this past year, which I was quite gutted. Um, loved him in white collar. Obviously, you, most people, I say most people, people our age and a bit older will probably remember if he was in Sex in the City. Um, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what else he's done, really, but uh, I can look back on his tropes in a minute when we do. But... Um, the main thing I took from this, like you said, it, the episode hasn't quite, I don't know, like you said, a step back. If I was to rewatch this season, obviously we've watched it how it aired, um, which is what you do when a show comes out. Yeah. I would flip this, maybe maybe have Kamikaze Kid as the season finale, because that felt really good. The way mm. it ends as well with Al and Sam is really good as well. And if what I was going to say about this episode, there is a moment in this episode where Sam make some snide comments towards Al about his 
personal life and the way he yeah. is as a human being. And it didn't come... I mean, he's Al's literally trying to warn him, which we'll get into in a moment. But that's the biggest thing was like the first time we see Al and Sam. We, they've had little moments of bickering, but for Sam is still kind of trying to reacquaint with Al because he can't remember him fully. By this point, they've established a sort of new friendship, I guess, if you from Sam's point of view at least, not from Al's. So to see Sam go from this goody two-shoes, do the right thing most of the time, obviously he did do a few things this season where he was chasing down his former fiancé and all that, but um, to see him sort of snap at Al was quite uncomfortable to watch, I'm not going to lie, looking back, and I hadn't seen this episode for many years, so... I didn't. I remember the woman being Allison, just being. I don't know. I did something about her, a bit like you with. Um, oh, who was it? Uh, in uh, the test was one, was it the yes. woman? Yeah, you were a bit like. Oh, I don't know what it is. I just can't stand. Her. It's not that I can't stand her. There's just something. I don't know whether it's the character or what, but it just didn't. It weirdly, because it's quite a cheesy episode as well with the lingo of the the det- private det- private detective stuff as well, isn't it? Really. You yeah, know, and the Canaries, and you know, I, I, all I could think of was like Cockney. You know, obviously that would be the equivalent over here. In, you know, for apples and pears, stairs, yeah, all the rhyming slang, slang and the right, so you know. So obviously, it's set in the fifties, isn't it? It's fifty-three, quite early on in the fifties. Um, you know, so I don't know something about it. I can't place it. I'm sure I'll f- figure it out as we go through talking about it. But yeah, the biggest bit for me, like I said, was um, Al and uh, Al Sam taking a pot shot at Al, really. It's almost like defending Alison's honour, I think that's what was going on there, to a degree. But um, to make the snide comments towards Al, I was a bit like, bloody hell, Sam's a bit of a, got a bit of a tongue on him when he wants to, you know? He's not always, maybe, is it like subconsciously frustration? Because he's not getting home? I don't know. It's hard to... I don't know. Again, I suppose maybe that's one of the reasons why I don't enjoy this episode so much, because that kind of is out of character of a Sam. And... Based on what we've okay. seen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, based on what we've seen to a degree, but obviously what we know it, it, that, that's coming, we've, we've, this is our ninth episode of Quantum Leap that we're, we're going back and watching. We've got another, I don't know, 80-plus episodes to come. We know the relationship between Sam and Al. We know how it works. We know that, to me, the show works so well because... Yeah, because of those two. Yeah, because of the relationship between them and the fact that Sam is this kind of squeaky clean nice guy yeah so when you see this kind of snidey little comments and and he's getting a bit nasty and so on almost like you said benny defending this this individual who he doesn't really know no he's only been there maybe a couple of hours at this point exactly and it it just didn't sit right with me it was just kind of it it felt like the progress we'd made with the previous couple of episodes some of that was eradicated away with certain aspects of this episode here, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, they don't really explain it, do they, I suppose, and why? Because we saw an episode in Kamikaze Kid, we see him leap in, and he's obviously Cameron, and he has a cigarette in his mouth, which he then spits out because he doesn't like it. In this mm. episode, Sam smokes a couple of cigarettes, and it's like, is it some sort of merging of the person he's in? Does he get some of their traits? I don't know. But all of a sudden, he's having a, he's talking to Seymour at one point and smoking a cigarette, and we've seen him spit out cigarettes or not like them. So it's gone from sort of what's going on with him, you know? So they haven't, yeah. just, you know. So maybe Sam isn't as established as, as I made. Obviously, I made that comment moments ago. Maybe he's not fully. They haven't quite fully decided 
what he is yet. I don't know. It's hard to... But yeah, the snide comments towards Al were a bit of a low blow. I thought, actually, I was quite disappointed by it, to be honest. Yeah, something else that was kind of out of... I don't know how to word it. I suppose out of character, without actually referring to a character specifically. I, I didn't discover until earlier today when I was looking on a, a few sites online, doing a bit of extra extra research, looking looking things up. And it's the date of the episode when it's set. The whole theory of the, the time travel project that is Quantum Leap is that Sam leaps around in his own lifetime. Yeah, that's the from the moment he's born, isn't it, or something like that? For basically yeah, when you're this born. is the way I always thought it to be. It's from the moment you're born to the day you die, and yeah. it's a piece of string, and you, we've covered it in previous We've covered episodes, it, we have covered it, yeah. yeah. Now, this episode here is set on the 14th of April, 1953. That's the date we're given when he, he, he leaps in, Sam leaps in. Sam's not born until August the 8th, 1953. Oh, okay. That I so, didn't know. He would have been, in theory, alive because he would have been in his mum's tummy, for want of a better term, <laughs> yeah. you know? But at the same time, he hasn't actually been born yet. So I suppose he's still so in theory, within his own lifetime. However, he's not been born as he's not yet. born, yeah. He's, been de- he's developed, <laughs> but he's not been born yet. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good... That's the only way I can think of it. So he exists, but he's not in the world yet, as a, obviously as an infant or anything yet. So he's still a growing he's still maturing or whatever you want to call still it being baked he's still being baked yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah so well, yes, I, good, I, today. And, I mean don't get me wrong that doesn't that doesn't lean towards my feelings towards the episode either way because i had these feelings about this episode before knowing that but when i read that i was a bit like oh okay to me that kind of breaks one of the rules that the show's based upon i suppose well i'm I don't know what season it's in, but I'm sure we'll get there. Obviously, we are going to do that. So um, I think there is one where it has a link in, where which I don't want to spoil it now. So where he goes back further, we'll leave it at that. Yes. Um, yes. So in how they get there, I can't remember. I think I remember how it's explained, but I'm not sure. But I don't want to jump ahead to that's way. I think it might be like season four or season five, maybe. Got a little um, while yet. So then. we have a little while yet. <laughs> so, yeah, but season two's coming. Uh, let's get into this episode a bit more. But uh, he is obviously that he's basically a private detective. I think you covered that already, didn't you? Um, uh, he leaps in, doesn't he? And he's got a dead body at his feet, <laughs> which is yeah. The up. first time we see Sam, there we go. and and this was exciting to me. And and this is a big uh, a big sort of trait throughout the episode that I feel this could have been so much more. Yeah. I feel this episode had potential that it didn't fulfil. Because the first time we see Sam, he's stood, he's leapt, he's leapt into, uh, the, the individual's name is Nick Allen, a private detective. And he's he's stood there in all his 1950s garb in his office with a gun. And there's a body at his feet. And that's where you kind of, the, the, the sort of um, trailer, I guess, at the end of the episode, the sort of cliffhanger at the end of the previous episode ends. So I'm straight away thinking, okay, this looks good. Yeah. Sam ends up getting arrested for this, and it turns out it's his partner's body who who Sam has, you know, leapt in, stood over. One thing I did pick up on just before you go any further was mm-hmm. they obviously the two uh, the two um, coppers bust in, and, and Sam's like the, he was dead when I got here, and all this kind of stuff because obviously Sam doesn't actually know whether this person yeah. he's leapt into has actually killed this person or 
whether he's just found the body. So, but Sam protests innocence because, as far as he's concerned, I am. Sam is <laughs> the partner might not be, but um, <laughs> you know. But the one thing I did notice is very obviously it's 1953. But as soon as the cop walks in, they arrest him, um, and then the other cop grabs the phone in the room where the murder took place. And I'm thinking fingerprints, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. CSI minded now, and these, these coppers are just walking all over the scene picking up phones and calling in. Obviously, radios weren't really a thing, I don't think, unless they had them in the cars. I'm not sure. But honestly, I went, CSI, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, it's 1953, so, you know. <laughs> but I just thought, just pick that phone up. You, you know, surely they must have to dust for prints or something. You'd have um, thought so, wouldn't you? Yeah, so, yeah. So. But then the, uh, the, the next scene, basically, we have Sam in jail, don't we? And he's talking to Al in the cell. And Sam kind of predicts that the police are going to come around the corner and let him out to saying there's no evidence or, or, yeah. or something along those lines. And they put it down to being deja vu. But that will obviously come up yeah, later on bit, in the yeah. episode. It's quite interesting, that, isn't it? Because I remember, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, how does he know that? That's weird. Is he getting mm. some sort of like another ability because of all the time travel or something? You know, I, it, was, it was very weird. Um, again that's another of those moments the same as the kind of cliffhanger at the beginning where you're you're thinking okay sam's leapt into what looks like someone who's just gunned somebody else down this is another one of those moments when i think why that is that's so intriguing that's so interesting you know he can kind of predict what's going to happen literally in in a minute's time 60 seconds time or whatever yeah yeah because he has that weird kind of deja vu feeling and that that seemed like a real opportunity that never really went anywhere. Or, well, obviously we get a conclusion to that. We get that explained to us later on in the episode as to why that happened, but it felt like such a missed opportunity again. They could have actually revealed the reason why, although the story would be slightly different, I guess, mm. but they could have revealed the reason how he knew this at the end of the episode, maybe. Cause you'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, rather than revealing it, um, fairly, you know, very. I think what in the next couple of scenes, almost we yes, kind of get. Yes, it doesn't take long, does it? It doesn't take. I think within the first five minutes of the show, we or maybe even ten minutes, I'd say, we find out how he. You know, and then like because he. So the next scene, he's walking in. He's been let go. He's walking into his like uh, the apartment. No, it's not an apartment, is it? It's where his office is, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. It's like a, a a building complex, isn't it? Like you know. It's... Yeah, and there's three people um, stood at this uh, little. Uh, I don't know what, what what you call it. Is it a little hut or I don't know or whatever? Or it's little... Like a newspaper stand. Yeah, yeah. Is it, you know, um, it's almost like a, a sort of, a sort of little pop up stall, isn't it? I suppose because yeah. he goes, I knew I I walk in, I'm getting that deja vu feeling again. Um, I recognised all of them. There's I was going to be approached by somebody in publishing, <laughs> a bit random, and that that's Lionel. He's the uh, the super what was he the landlord or the the intense building int- superintendent or something yeah yeah um and then you've got chuck and then you've got seymour and it's like how does he know this and like i said like you just said actually um and i agree it, to re- when it gets it gets revealed in a moment so we'll tell everybody what it, what actually is going on but it would have been cool to have that revealed i think later or even at the end of the episode maybe would have been nice yeah. like Oh, okay. That's how he knew these things. Because then it could have been an on- it could have been an ongoing thing to a point um, through the episode. And you think, how does he? How does he know these things? How did he know he was there or she was there or their name? You know, it would have been quite a cool little reveal. But you know, 
Yeah, it was. It was a bit of, again. It's, it just feels like this whole episode was it a case of what could have been. I suppose we end up finding out, don't we, that it, it, it's a, a manuscript, I suppose, or a book uh, that Sam has read, <laughs> written in the future. That's kind of hanging around in his Swiss cheese brain. I'm probably not explain that very well, Benny, but you know what I'm getting at, don't you? It's a book that was around when Sam was in from where he's from and he read it in his before he started leaping but somehow his brain he remembers random things doesn't he sam when it comes to um like his swiss cheese brain like it seems Mm -hmm. sometimes he seems to remember these things not all the time but he remembers these things when that he needs to um whether you know or it's almost like a good writing device as well of like oh we'll, we'll let him remember that he can poach an egg or something <laughs> do you know yes. what i mean just like <laughs> at that moment but then sometimes there are moments where he remembers something that has nothing to do with the current story i think i th- I might be misremembering that ironically um so but yeah it's a very good plot device for the show let's have sam remember he can you know knit or sew or i don't know just anything or do martial arts or do so. martial arts you know <laughs> or be psychic apparently no he's not psychic he's read that he's it basically nick who he's leapt into is um writing a book based on events that are going on um at the time that then becomes a book in the future they released it in the 50s to well we can't really go into it but it gets released as a book basically so he's read the book that's the yes. gist of it, really. So, and that's where his deja vu is coming from. He's kind of seeing what he has read in the future as jumbled up memories here in '53, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so he's remembering snippets of this book he read um, whenever he read it. I assume when he was younger, I guess. Mm. Um, so maybe when he was in school, I don't know. He's obviously a, he's he's um, got one of those minds Sam has that's. Once in a generation, he's got what has he got five, six, seven doctorates. I can't remember how many he's got now. Um, in various different things, he's a doctor, and you know, obviously got quantum physics and stuff. Obviously, being the fact that he's a time traveler, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> he's a clever bloke. But the the idea is that the only person that could save him, the irony is that the only person that could save him from this project is himself, basically. Yeah, uh, that's right. You know, and he's obviously stuck elsewhere with, with bits of his memory missing. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, we're basically kind of again, we're led to believe we have a kind of murder mystery on our hands. I suppose. Yeah. With with Nick's partner uh, being dead, and a few different suspects knocking around, um, Sam then effectively nearly falls down an elevator shaft and is is in a moment of peril isn't he that kind of adds to the i suppose the kind of who done it yeah. who's the villain are they now trying to bump sam off kind of aspect of the story benny yeah i don't really get um seymour's fainting thing by the elevator because he the door's not supposed to be able to open because the lift is not there mm. um, but he walks in assuming the lift's going to be there because he's talking to seymour sam and for nearly falls down the elevator shaft it's quite a good moment actually it's quite a good scene but i don't get why seymour has passed out all of a sudden which leaves me which i think is i don't know what what it's supposed to be fear of or peril or i don't know he's got low blood sugar i have no idea why he fainted it doesn't really nobody says what why or how he fainted yeah and you're kind of 
it kind of hints at Seymour being involved in the wrongdoings to a degree at yeah. certain moments throughout the episode. So I don't know if this is an attempt to play into that or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, the scene before we find out that Nick, aka Sam, has been um, has been having an affair with his partner's wife, or they kind of like each other, and they haven't. But now that he's dead. Um, they can be together, so it also leads yeah, to Alison. Yeah, that was uncomfortable for yeah, me. <laughs> that was Alison. Alison um, is also a suspect throughout. I think as she's well. the main suspect. Isn't she, she is. Yeah, she, she's the one that it all seems to point towards that that has killed Nick's partner. Yeah, and there's this romance between Alison and and Sam's, I suppose, leapy Nick, that they say they've not acted upon out of respect to their partner to to nick's partner sorry but the guy's not even cold yet and they're all over each other so i'm thinking okay you obviously haven't got that much respect for this individual he's not even in the ground yet and you're climbing all over each other snogging face you know yeah it is a bit what the hell i mean first sam obviously he's only been there what half a day at this point um maybe Mm. a day i suppose it depends how long we do we don't really get an inkling of how long he was actually in that cell for we just kind of cut to it and then he's said, oh yeah, they're going to come and let me out in a minute and then we're off off to the races for the episode. But so assuming, let's assume he spent the night in there at least. So he's been there a full day almost and they, like you said. Um, but yeah, the the main thing for me is I don't understand why Seymour fainted by the lift. I don't really get what was going on there. Was there, was there a scene where something missing from that scene? Do you know what I mean? Like a deleted part that didn't make it into the show for what time constraints okay, maybe? Yeah, I see. It's just, but why is he fainted, or why is he out cold? Because we cut mm. to him and he's out cold, and it. I'm like, was it him? What's going on? I don't really get it, you know. So um, I can't. Has somebody else lamped him on the way past or something? Yeah, when, yeah. When it, so you know? I mean, obviously, as the episode goes on, we find out who it is, but it's like it's very random of why. But I think it's for the viewer, like you said, is to, oh, maybe it was him, or maybe it was her, and it's like a who done it, like you said. So. Yeah, I don't really get the... I think maybe he's, got, maybe he's got low blood sugar. I don't know. But again, with the whole whodunit sort of, I, I suppose, aspect to the episode or the story, that's it's obvious that's kind of what they're going for. It's obvious to me that... That's, that's, what, I, that's what I take away from this anyway, that they're yeah. going for this kind of 1950s um, murder novel, because the whole thing is based in that time and around those kind of people and Seymour, the, the sort of geeky news agent, he, he worships Nick, thinks the guy is just an absolute legend, and he's constantly throwing out really cheesy 1950s rhyming slang, Benny, as you mentioned earlier on. Yeah. Uh, but it kind of gets to this this stage where the whole whodunit aspect of this story, which at the beginning feels very important, it really does... It feels like this story is going to be based upon this whole whodunit aspect. Halfway through the episode, maybe a bit after that, I've already got to a point where I don't actually care. Yeah, it's uh, it, that's what I mean. It, it's not the... We want people to watch the show, but this isn't one of the best episodes. It's not... I mean, like so you said, you've already said it in many episodes. There's a lot more good stuff coming. There really is. Mm. And we love Quantum Leap. That's why we're doing this shows but uh it's just like but the thing as well that's i think important to to 
the, to the waiting room podcast and I suppose the integrity of what we're doing is that we are honest. We can't just yeah, exactly. We're not going to say every episode's good. Term, yeah, we can't just fanboy over every episode and give it five out of five. We've got no. to be realistic, and the yeah. whole point of this watchback is to look at it with modern, current eyes. Yeah, and I, for the first time since Starcrossed, which was episode three, I found myself hoping the episode finished soon because i was done with it yeah i mean there's a good few moments like i said in terms of some of the owl comments and stuff like that it's really good but like there isn't many and there's like i think like like i said i've already mentioned it the the elevator bit um and it is very much um I don't know. I don't really know how to put it into words, to be totally honest, which is a bit bad for a podcast show, I know, but <laughs> it's just like, it isn't a good one. And it's, like you said, it starts off really like, ooh, dead body. Oh my God, mm-hmm. who did that? Did Sam do that? Did his, the person he leapt in do that? You know, um, and like you said, maybe for the first 15, 20 minutes, you're kind of like, and then it just, the story seems to, I don't know. It's more, I don't know. I think the only main scene in there, like I said already, is Alan Sam when Sam makes those snide comments. It's the first time we see Sam get frustrated, I think, which is kind of nice to see in a sense of the character growth of like, he isn't just goody two shoes and stuff. But by this point, I think I'm with you, to be honest. I'm, I'm very much like, I don't really care. But then I already knew as well, so that didn't help. Yeah. Um, but, um, at the time watching it when I didn't know, even when it's revealed who it is, it's like it's, it feels like it's come out of left field. There's mm-hmm. no like inkling of it. Like it's almost like they went, it could be, it, it is going to be Allison the whole time. But I'll actually know it's going to be him. And it's like, what? Um, so yeah, for me, the character who, of who it is, I mean, we didn't see any unstableness from the character when we did see, I suppose the whole point of it is you don't know, I guess, but it did seem for me like it came out of left field, like yeah. just out of nowhere, like, oh, okay, oh, that's weird, oh, okay, he's this, okay, that makes the sense. Um, Almost like they started writing the episode and didn't know where they were going to end up, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I th- you know, t- weirdly, yes, I think you're actually, I'm not saying that was the case, it wouldn't be, but uh, having said that, I've you know watching film reviews and stuff. There are some films that were being written as they're filming it, so you never know. Um, it could have very much well have been that. Um, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, it seemed like I said already. It's come out of left field with this. I mean, we might as well say, I suppose, to be honest. Um, it turns out it was blimmin', uh What's his name? Lionel, isn't it? The uh, the building's like manager, superintendent. Yes. He basically is like been or he's infatuated with Allison basically so he's killed um her husband and then tries to kill nick because then he realizes nick is and her are climbing all over each other as you very eloquently put earlier um yeah so he's jealous of anybody being around her but him and it's but it does so he's killed off her husband thinking okay i'm next in line to to be with this lady you know she's going to look for somebody uh for a shoulder to cry on potentially and she does just not his so yeah. all of a sudden he realizes the people he's got to kill that the number is is multiplying. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, one thing I I will when I was watching it, as you said, it gets to a point where you're like, it's more. Uh, I think it was a scene not long when they're in that like uh, ballroom area, bar place where he, him and Al get yes, into it. The um, Blue Island Bar. That's it. Yeah, it, I don't know if you've ever seen it, and I'm sure there might be some that have seen it. Um, but uh, Star Trek: First Contact. 
um there's a scene in that film where he goes into a the holodeck into the um into the novel and i feel like this could be the same <laughs> like space they used to film in i'm okay, not saying yeah. it is but it obviously it was set in the novel he's in in the holodeck is from the 50s as well so it's very of the time period but i i'm watching it thinking oh that reminds me of star trek first contact so i'm not even like i should be bothered because we're reviewing it and i am but it just proves that the episode is not good because i'm thinking more about something else than I am about the episode. Um, mm. Like I said, we saw a bit more of a growth moment between Dean and Scott, aka Sam and uh, Admiral Calavici and stuff. But uh, yeah, I like like you. I think you put it very well, uh, Sai. I don't really care by this point, and it's bad because I love the show and I really do. Um, but this is not a good episode. I don't. And it's, okay, uh, it's, plain plain devil's advocate then, Ben. Go on then. Do you think that? And again, I think this shows that this episode isn't the greatest in the way that we're talking about numerous other things other than the plot of the episode, as we have done in previous weeks. But it is the nature of the beast of of, of what we're faced with. Yeah. Do you think we have been maybe spoilt with the likes of Color of Truth, Kamikaze Kid and Double Identity all coming back to back? And then this one's kind of tagged on the end. Do you think maybe... That's a good way of putting it. It does feel like it's... They've, they they were commissioned to do nine episodes. Let's do this. And that's it. In a, mm. Now, if this episode was, and I said it already, but if this episode was maybe episode seven and then we had Color of Truth and Kamikaze Kid, what a way to end the first season. Yes. You know? And that's, I know, I know, I know we haven't dove, delved into it as much, but like you said, Nature of the Beast, it's not the best episode. I'm not saying the acting was bad or anything like that. The story. Oh, I am. Oh, are you? okay, go on then. I wasn't going to say oh, that. Oh, my but goodness. This... Alison pisses me off. Yeah? And I apologise if that... Uh, just I'll, I'll, for a, a bit of clarification to everybody um, who who listens. All of the sound effects, the editing, the music, the bleep, the bloopers, everything is all handled by Benny. So, uh, <laughs> Benny, I apologise if me swearing then means you got extra editing to do and beeping my voice. But yeah, she pisses me off. Yeah, you're a git for doing her, <laughs> her, She comes... And I'll tell you what, you were spot on earlier. You were absolutely spot on earlier when you said about my thoughts on the lady who was in How the Test Was Won. Yeah. And also a little bit of how the lady in the initial episodes, Genesis, was very kind of one-dimensional and you had the accent there and it was like, okay, this is what I've been told to do. And there was nothing outside of that character. It was very one-dimensional and bland. That's exactly how I feel about Alison. She is literally, it's almost like she's, got it in her head, I'm going to play this woman from the 1950s in a detective novel, and that's it. There's nothing else to her whatsoever. And it's so bland and put on, it does kind of take me out of... I don't feel like I can get lost watching this episode. No, I mean there's a there's there's a turn of phrase that we use as, as as big wrestling fans, and that's suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I like to be able to lose myself in what I'm watching, and just for a little while, pretend what I'm watching is real or or as well, a distraction yeah. to what's going on in in the real world. But then, if a story's written well enough, you care yes. about what happens to the characters, whether they live yes. or die, whether they're happy, whether whatever it may be. Whether they get that job, whether they don't get that job, whether they fall in love. Do you know what I mean? Like, Friends is so popular because people wanted to see Ross and Rachel together. That's how mm-hmm. that show, you know, no, I don't, how, you know, the cheer at the end of the last ever episode of Friends is when Ross and Rachel get together. 
they've been waiting for that since like series bloody five, you know, so mm-hmm. or season four or whatever. So, you know, to see, and I'll use another one very quickly, Big Bang Theory, you know, whether you like it or hate it, the way they did this Sheldon Amy storyline that lasted from about season four, I think season four might be season five, but they, it took them like three seasons to, to kiss and the, yeah. you know, the, um, and then it took another five seasons, I think, almost before they got married. You know, so you can make a story good if you do it right. And I think you know, and that's why people care, and why certain shows might last past the ten season mark and stuff like that. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I suppose again, playing devil's advocate a little bit here, you're not going to get that with Quantum Leap because you're not going to get four or five seasons worth. Of, of the same characters because no, the nature because of the show is leaping yeah, from exactly from place yeah, yeah. To place. it's a travel it's a traveling show rather than yeah, a, you know exactly exactly however we have seen with the color of truth we have seen with kamikaze kid and i think we've also seen very much so with right hand of god yeah. with the nuns and and the plight there that when the episodes we know how talented dean stockwell is was pardon me you know we know how talented um Bacula. Scott Bakula is as Sam, uh, and some yeah. of the stories we get given allow these guys to to display that obvious ability they have, and we get invested in the characters around them. And again, the right hand of God I'll use as an example, because I think it kind of goes under the radar a little bit. Yeah, you, you've got the you're rooting for Sam's character; he's likable. You're rooting for Sam's girlfriend because she's likable that they're going to go off and get this donut shop. But at the same time, you're rooting for the nuns that yeah. they're going to they're get their church. And, and that's done in a 45 minute episode. I was about to say that every episode is 45 minutes long, every single one, exactly. apart from Genesis because it's a two parter. But cause so there you go. Now it's... play it again, Seymour. There's potential there because there's the little geeky guy, Seymour, who's obsessed with Nick, and he could have so many different layers to his character. He ends up just getting on my nerves. And I don't understand why anyone would want the guy around. He's annoying. I mean, obviously, we've already given away who, who it was and all this kind of stuff, and we are very much kind of... We've kind of fallen into the overview of the season anyway in this conversation. Cause yes, the episode is, yeah, I suppose. Because the, <laughs> uh, we apologise if anybody... I mean, hopefully you're still finding this entertaining because the episode, it is what it is. Make your own mind up. Please let us know what you think. Do you think we're wrong? Do you think we're right? Whatever. But we've, you know, it isn't one of those episodes I would like to watch. And I almost resent you, Sai, for making me watch it, even though you didn't, even though <laughs> this was our idea to do it. But <laughs> that's how I feel about that episode. Now, if you were to stick this in the earlier part of the season, it would, okay, it would fall by the wayside, but we'd end on a freaking, I've already said, Colour of Truth and Kamikaze Kid, or vice versa. It doesn't matter with those two. They're bloody brilliant episodes, because in that 45-minute window, we had characters we cared about, we had a situation we cared about, and Sam and Al were doing their best to save or fix whatever was wrong. So, and we did had that in a 45-minute window, as you've already already said, you know? So, my theory with Alison, by the way, at the end of the episode was as they because so they go through the whole thing. There's, there's a shootout, which is quite entertaining. It's quite good for a, you know a, a end of season show. It's, but again, there's more potential there, which you've already alluded to. But what if what if Alison was actually leading? Um, uh, what was his name? Lionel on the entire time. Well, we didn't see it. Yeah, and what, I'll tell you what. The that, way again, she is. That's what I mean, and it would be a. The potential of the episode, we could have had, once she's done with Nick, he, God knows what would happen to him. Um, 
I mean, the reason they give why he's there, which I'll let you explain in a moment, but um, it, I'm thinking as she's walking away, I feel like she was not necessarily the murderer, but was she leading Lionel on to say that I don't want to be with him, I want to be with you, but you need to get rid of him for me? Because what a different story and more entertaining story that would be. Mm-hmm. You know? She's, she comes across, I'll tell you what, Benny, you're spot on. I had feelings like that but without being able to verbalize them into yeah. a potential story as you as you so wonderfully have there she comes across incredibly manipulative she is yeah su- yeah but you're supposed to almost be rooting for this person you can't there's some, like you said there is something about her for whether the comments she makes the way she is as a per, as the character is portrayed i feel she may not have pulled the trigger i feel that she is the reason she got Lionel to make like she used her womanly womanly wiles as a whatever the freaking phrase the phrase is <laughs> to lead him on and then yep. make out then Nick saves him saves her and um Seymour um to you know to have the happy ending that we have in the episode but I feel like the episode could have been like we've already said a lot better if it actually was Allison and we but we get that reveal somehow at the end and maybe like She's going to, like, she gets the gun off um, Nick and tries to pop him off or something before she gets on the plane and Seymour distracts her or something. That would be a different, because although you've got Lionel involved and, yes, he killed the partner, actually, Alison was the freaking, um, the pup, you know, the moving the strings, or whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah, the puppet master. Yeah, yeah, yeah spot yeah, on. So. And I'll tell you what, what you've just explained there, what you've just articulated so well there, is a better story than what we've I think actually so. got. I mean, I didn't. I, that was that was obviously me just thinking in the moment. I'm not going to lie, but um, I, I, I. But like I said, the reason it spawned that idea was the way she was walking off. There was that swagger about her, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking you could have quite easily led Lionel on that entire time, and we just didn't see it, and it could have been revealed that. And again, the episode would be in my head at least, and by the sounds of it, yours. And I think to most that watch it would be a lot better if it was that than obviously you'd have to change some things here and there. But I think, it would, like you said already, it would be a better story if it turned out to be her being the, the puppet master behind it. Do you know what it is, Benny? It's depth. That's what it is. Yeah, I guess it's so. It's depth to the story and more depth to the characters. The characters in this particular leap, the characters in this particular episode are quite one-dimensional. Yeah. There's no depth to them, and again, you've got 45 minutes, so it can be incredibly difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not arguing yeah. this. It's not like, as we said, with Friends or Big Bang or these multi-season programs uh, that, that you use as examples. Yeah, have we're the very same much limited. Yeah. You know, we're very much limited to the 45-minute episode, so it can be difficult to develop these characters. Of course, it can, yeah. but it's not impossible because we've seen it happen in previous episodes. Then... The, ep- the, the characters in this episode are incredibly one-dimensional, and that leads to. And a very shallow, non-deep story, yeah. and what you've just given us there adds more depth to all of it. Yeah, because you you thinking, oh, it was Lionel the whole time. Oh, hang on a minute, no, yes. it wasn't. It was her that pulled the strings and used her, you know, her womanhood or whatever to lure this. Probably a guy that had, you know, he's a building manager. Probably doesn't have much personal time anyway, and you know, she's in and out of that office because that's where the office is. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. quite easily, I feel. And she she does tell the story in the episode that she married this guy when she was 16 years old and she's from Pennsylvania and he was from New York and he was an older guy and all this kind of stuff. I'm not sure how much older. I'm assuming maybe, I want to say about 15, 10 to 15 years, maybe. 
give or take. Um, yeah, I got daughters though, mate. That's still a bit off. And it's it is exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the fifties, you know. It is, you know. But I'm just saying that maybe she I, again. The story would have been better. I know I keep harping on at it, but I feel like just like I said earlier, it came from the way she was walking to that plane yeah. for the happy ending, and I still feel I felt uneasy about Nick getting on the plane with her because I wasn't convinced. Although it went up in a nice little bow that actually it was Lionel. Was it though? Well, maybe we're not doing these people enough justice. Maybe that's what we were supposed to feel. And maybe. it was that deep. And there were that many layers. And we're just picking up on it now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the only character I think that had... I don't think so, but No, maybe. I don't think so either. <laughs> the only character that I think had a good story, although he did become a bit annoying towards the end, even though I love the actor, Willie Garson, you know, RIP. Um, but uh, Seymour was quite good. Um, young sort of lad and he t- we get a bit of backstory from him and he's you know he grew up in an orphanage and got picked on and all that kind of stuff so a, a bit more of that please you know a, a bit more of not ma- not maybe chuck the elevator guy but a bit more um information on seymour you know yeah and stuff like that um i know the story he just comes across like a, a an annoying lapdog at times doesn't he basically just, yeah just yachting away and yeah. throwing all these cliches in and and okay i can understand the purpose for that but it happens so much it kind of adds to how one-dimensional the guy the, the guy's character is yeah so again maybe it was a rushed episode i don't know without looking into that fully but mm. i feel like if you are going to watch these the obviously we've talked about it we've kind of given away hopefully you've watched the episode already um but if you are going to rewatch them you can either leave this one out or you could put it earlier in the season i feel and mm-hmm. you, you know, you can kind of, ha- but then you don't want to put it next to Starcross because you'd have two in a row and you wouldn't want to watch it again, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Uh, on that note, there's two things then that we need to cover Go before on, we get onto a, a little bit of a discussion about season one in general. First of all, I mean, you say there about put, potentially putting this in a different section of the the season as you watch along. In theory, that would cause an issue with the timeline because at the end of the episode you see where Sam leaps into next and it yeah. won't follow in the correct order. However, Benny, you say that, but he doesn't actually go into that one. Does he straight away? No. Again, play it against Seymour ends with Sam leaping into a lady. Yeah. And this was done to be the big cliffhanger. Cause it's the first time it's happened yeah. so far to be the big cliffhanger, to bring people back for season two. However, when season two begins, the episode one of season two, is Honeymoon Express, not where Sam leapt into at the end of See, Play Against Seymour. Now, we, so I know we're going to talk about it because we are going to do season two, people. It will happen. We promise it will happen. But Honeymoon Express is what this episode, episode should have been because Honeymoon yes. Express is done so freaking well. And I'm more, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but the way that story progresses, I care about everything that goes on, and there's some brilliant bloody scenes coming up in Honeymoon Express, and I can't wait to talk about it. But they can do it, and that's what's annoying, because mm. playing against Seymour, just, oh, it, and again, I think we've got that hindsight of, we know what these writers can do. We know what the show can do. To play it against Seymour is like that sort of like, you're apologising for that relative that swears everything, and you're like trying to be having a nice meal, and they're just farting, and making stupid comments and race you just go away you do, you're making you're bringing the evening <laughs> down 
This episode brings season one down, unfortunately. Play it against Do you know Seymour. what's ironic as well about that? Go on. I've literally just brought it up in front of me here just to check dates yeah. uh, and the TV ratings and so on. Play it against Seymour and Honeymoon Express, the, the first episode of the next season, are directed by the same person and written by the same person. Wow. So maybe there's a time constraint there. It would be good to know, to be honest, because mm. I feel because it does feel rushed watching it, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Sorry, I yeah. cut you off. But Very I had, strange. My no, no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, the other, I suppose, item on our agenda we need to get to before we move on <clears> to have a little look at season one overall, and then maybe what we're looking forward to in season two, is our ratings, Benny. Out of five, we normally give. I what do we... we think for Play it Against Seymour, my friend? I unfortunately, I'm can't. We, I'm. I almost feel bad now because I love the show, but it, it's not. I wouldn't even give it a two, to mm. be honest. It is. It's, it's a shame. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably going to go one point five, but there's a put. I'm going to go one point five because there are a couple of good, growing character moments for Al and um, Sam, and also um, like some of the comments that Al makes. They're not too cringy. They're quite funny, and he's entertaining when he when he is on screen. But that's about it. There's nothing in there that really... And it, it has the potential, as we've already discussed, for that episode. This could have been easily a freaking four if done yeah. like Honeymoon Express coming up is. Um, so I'm not sure... Bearing in mind, I am thinking ahead. I've not watched it yet, Honeymoon Express, but I remember it being a bloody good episode. So hopefully it lives up to the hype in my own head. But yeah, 1.5, mate, to be honest... And that's just because, and that's only raised by 0.5 because of Al and Sam, sort of, even though it's quite hard to watch, but to see their relationship take a little bit of a step back and actually yeah, a little bit of a wobble there. A bit of there? a wobble, which is, you kind of feel like Sam's human, even though he has had a few moments through the season. It was a different take on Sam, which I didn't like to see, knowing what he's like going forward, but it's also maybe growing pains for this, you know, frustration because we don't see frustration much from Sam, but when we do, I think it's done just enough to go, Ooh, maybe, you know? Yeah. So 1.5, sorry, after my rant. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go exactly the same. And my reasoning behind that is a lot of the same reasons that you just put forward. Uh, or, or, again, it's, it's a whole thing of, it could have been so much more than it was. There was so much potential there that it just didn't fulfill. But yeah. I'm looking at the season as a whole now and what ratings we've given certain episodes. And I believe the lowest I gave was Starcrossed, which was episode three, I believe. Yes, that's right. Episode three. Which was now, a two, I, which was a two. I yes. Believe, yeah. So in my head, as we're looking at other episodes going forward, uh, Right Hand of God and Kamikaze, all the ones we've mentioned that we enjoyed, I'm looking at Starcrossed and thinking so far, if I had to pick one episode to never go back and watch again from this season, if I had a gun to my head and somebody says you have to choose one episode you will never see again for the rest of your life, yeah, Starcross would have been it. It would have been, yeah. I, I yeah. think so, I, I think I agree with that, to be honest. Yeah, so now we've got the whole season in front of us reviewed, done, dusted. We've gone through all nine episodes that they've, they've produced. I have to put to play it against Seymour directly up against Starcross as a direct comparison, because to me they're the two worst episodes of the season. And I think I would probably rather watch Starcrossed again 
than play it against Seymour. Now, anyone who listened to our Starcrossed episode, and Benny, I know you're going to be surprised by this too because you obviously sat there and discussed we were, it with I me. I was, I was there, yes. <laughs> of course. And, uh, you, you, everyone, everyone who's heard it will know my opinions on the Starcrossed episode. For me to say I would rather go and watch that than something else, yeah, it is, it's quite a big step, really, because I, I thought it sucked. I'm not going to lie. You had some... But play it against Seymour frustrated me that much. At least for Starcross, you get Terry Hatcher, you know? Yeah. I mean, the story in Starcross had a bit more depth to it. Oh, yeah, it was a bit, in some cases, with the, 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 the uh, what is it, the, um, well, what's the, what's the thing that happened in that, that deep throat thing? The, uh, oh, God. I forgot what it's called now. You know where they go to the government building and it was supposed to be oh, Watergate, yes, Watergate. Watergate. Yeah. Deep Throat. What the hell am I on? Wasn't that the code yeah, name for the government? Deep Throat's a completely different situation, mate. <laughs> no, I'm pretty, I wasn't there a code name for the person that's blew the whistle? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Watergate. It was the uh, one I was on about. Um, so it had that going on as well, which is a bit like, really? But yeah, the the story had a bit more depth. There was a more personal... Um, stuff going on with Sam, so I think you. Although the episode isn't the best, as, you, as we already discussed, at least it had a bit more depth than this one. Play it against Seymour mm-hmm. didn't have, and I, you know, you've put it out there really well. Because sometimes I have trouble articulating the words of why, but I think we've managed to. You've got it out of me, and you know, <laughs> vice versa. So, um, yeah, um, I think I w- I'm thinking I can't disagree with you, Sai. To be honest, I'm there with you. Starcrossed would be if you had to get rid of two. It would be star-crossed and play it against Seymour. Yeah. Simple as, really. Um, yeah, you're right. I, so, I totally yeah. agree. So then, I suppose, at the end of Season 1 now, both for Quantum Leap, and naturally that then means the end of Season 1 for, for our show, The Waiting Room, what are your general thoughts, Benny, looking back on these first nine episodes? Um, we obviously, had, we've just covered... I suppose the 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 downsides, the the the, the yeah. lower points in the season. Yeah. What are your more positives? What were you happy to look back on? What surprised you? I mean, some of these episodes are the same as I. I know you've not seen back in years. So, what are your what are your general thoughts as, as an overview of our first season? I I love the show. As everybody, obviously, we didn't. Um, we obviously we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't love the show. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, very good earlier. You know. Um, you know, how the test was won wasn't as bad as I remember it being. Um, Double Identity had some good moments in it as well. I loved, uh, I actually quite liked, enjoyed watching that. It was quite good, actually. And like I said, it's got, and especially the, um, I think I already, I think I brought it up in the episode, but uh, the scene where he's got the razors to his throat and the, the peril of that, but also the comedy value of that between now translating it. The razor to razor and, you know, and if I'm lying, still I'm still going all the time in my head. I walk yeah. around just going, a razor to razor, and like, I just did, randomly in my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did, if I remember rightly, I wasn't looking forward to Right Hand of God, was I? If I remember rightly, initially. No, that's right, yeah. You said it wasn't one that you look back on favourably at all. Yeah, and actually, it's a good episode. I enjoyed it. So actually, my watch back again in probably a year's time or two years time after we've done all these podcasts um, will probably be, I'll be like, Oh, I like this episode, you know Um, again, not still not one of my favorites, but I think I was remembering wrong. Um, Genesis. I still like um, because it's the beginning, isn't it? And it has some good moments. And I always love that second part of Genesis um, when he gets to talk to his dad in the, uh, when he's the baseball player briefly, um, 
and it's the music and I'm not I'm not too ashamed to say when I I had a little bit of a tear when he's saying goodbye dad without actually saying it too oh, loud yeah you know um so and this is this is a point that we made earlier about this episode play it again Seymour hopefully never again um but uh <laughs> it's the show can be good and the writing can be bloody amazing and the fact that the next episode is written and directed by the same person shows that they can or could produce amazing stories in that 45-minute window. So it's it's disappointing when you get an episode that bad and you're like, I don't care who killed who. I t- you, know, I, you know, I'm waiting for the next episode. Um, so yeah, the uh, and obviously Kamikaze Kid is one of my favourite episodes in this whole season. Um, I think you've got to put Colour of Truth just over it. Just... Um, or even neck and neck, but Kamikaze Kid for me is, I think, I love Colour of Truth, but I think for me, Kamikaze Kid just edges it for myself. Um, and the fact that I've watched that episode several times and still watch it now when back through this watch through um, and still love it is, I think, shows again how good the stories can be in this show. Yeah, I, I agree with so much of what you said there. Uh, Starcross that play against Seymour, we haven't got to touch upon anymore. We, we we've covered that enough in the last sort of forty five <laughs> yeah. minutes to an hour of our, of yeah. our conversation. Uh, the the positives, the plus points of this season are are as you said, Benny. I, I think they're fairly obvious. Color of Truth, Kamikaze Kid. Are the, those, to me, it's almost like the the two pronged um, positive peaks of this this season. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's very much those two episodes are the standouts. However. Right Hand of God was a pleasant surprise. I uh, I really did enjoy that more than I thought I was going to. Genesis, I looked back on Genesis as being incredibly dated and something that I was kind of, I wouldn't say not looking forward to watching again because yeah. it's, it's the, the show that we adore. It's how it began. However, maybe cringing a little bit in recommending it to other people because it is so dated. It does. And it yeah. does very much look its age. However, watching it back, I had a pleasant surprise. It was, it was better than I remembered. And it was maybe not as dated at, at, at watching it back as I thought it may well be. But I think I've got to go with you, Benny, in that color of truth, kamikaze kid. If I had to pick the best episode of this season, yeah. I'm going to go Kamikaze Kid. Oh, wow. But it's such a such a narrow... It is very narrow, isn't it? You... I mean, you couldn't even get a cigarette paper between them. It's that close. But to they me, are... Kamikaze Kid is, is, is the one I enjoyed the most. I think we've already said it in a, in a previous episode, but I think you may have said it. But if we were going to recommend season one and you didn't have to watch the whole lot, those two definitely are the ones to watch. Followed yes. by, you know, Double Identity... Um, and uh, The Right Hand of God, maybe, I think, are the four that I would recommend from this season now, whereas before, it was only Kamikaze Kid and Colour of Truth. So those are the mm. four I would recommend now after the watchback we've just done over the last however many months it's been now since we started this. Um, obviously, for the people listening, it's been uh, nine weeks of us ranting about Quantum Leap, and I've really, <laughs> I really hope they've enjoyed it, and I'm hoping they are going to join us i think i think we've discussed this we're hoping and hopefully radio techers are still carry us i'm hoping they will um if they do we're looking to get season two out in february i think we decided i think we could yeah yeah that's in the, the new go- year beginning the goal. Uh, i think as, as a rough loose kind of time frame beginning of february you'll start hearing more from us but on the topic of season two benny 
very quickly then we did this before we started season one with our genesis we did uh, yeah. as, as you brilliantly named our debut episode season two wasn't much of a leap no pun intended <laughs> no <laughs> uh season two is there anything that you are majorly looking forward to episodes episode wise oh, and also is there any that you kind of look at the name of and think I, I i ain't sure about that one or even yeah. to a degree there's quite a few that i'll get into in a moment i remember nothing about what are your sort yeah. of thoughts before we start upon season two um, i'm just looking through the list now because i haven't looked i purposely didn't look because i knew we were going to talk about it obviously okay um i'm just having a look see if any of them jump out at me um do you know what i can't uh i think uh we discussed it before yeah Good morning, Peoria, off the top of my head. Because of what we do right now, Sam leaps into a DJ, doesn't he? And it's right. uh, it's a bloody good episode, I remember. And I think it's partly because I've always liked radio as well. Um, and the stuff that goes on is really good. And the subject matter is quite interesting as well. Um, not as heavy as uh, Colour of Truth in season one. But the subject matter was quite uh, quite good, if I remember rightly. Um, the uh, Honeymoon Express, I've already kind of mentioned it. The first episode of season two is, um, I think, a bloody good start to season two. Um, I remember being younger and not liking episode two, which is Disco Inferno. I didn't like okay. it, but as I, I think it, when I watched it about three years ago... I appreciated it a lot more and thought it was actually quite a good episode. Whether that still is the case, I don't know. Um, there's some good stories coming up, but um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at these names and, oh, Portrait for Troyan. I think I mentioned this in the opening episode of Our Genesis. Um, that's a good episode and the way they do that is really good. And also there's a little, the way it ends is very, it leaves you with, huh? And then, then he's out, and then you're done. You don't never find right. out what was going on, but it leaves a little bit of mystery, which I like, but not in a who done it way, in a supernatural way. You're like, hang on a minute, is that real? Is it not? What 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 was that about? You know, um, I'm trying to look at these names, man. I, I'm not going to lie. Some of them are Sea Bride. I remember that one, and MIA, obviously the season finale. Um, but I'm looking at the rest of the Pool Hall, Pool Hall. I can't talk. Pool Hall Blues is a bloody good episode, if I remember rightly, um, when he leaps into a uh, uh, pool player in a club yes. that is that the daughter owns. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at these names, man, and I can't... Uh, the Americas... The Americas are, I can't... Honestly, what's going on? The Americanization... I can't talk. I'm, I'm going to cut this out. <laughs> Americanization of Machico? Thank you. So. That's it. Machico? Machico? I don't know. Machico? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it right when it actually comes out. Um, but yeah, there aren't... I know it's a good season, but I just can't... Um, like, There's an episode here called... Oh, that's a... Oh, no, I remember what it is now. There's some good ones coming up. We'll leave it at that. Um, those, <laughs> a Portrait of a Trojan always stuck out to me, though. It's a really good episode. And, yeah, um, I remember you saying that, actually, because I can't remember that at all. And obviously, I, pick, I remember you saying about how good it is. Hopefully you'll like it, and hopefully everybody else will. But obviously, the most I think the most famous episode from Season 2, which I'm sure you would have touched upon if I hadn't have stole it right now, uh, was Jimmy. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, apart from Jimmy, then what are you? Any, any, any that take 
take your fancy in that? I can't remember. Well, a there's a couple these. that you've mentioned already, to be honest. MIA and Seabride, the, the final two of the season, I remember, and I remember very fondly. I'm 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 open minded to be proven wrong if they suck yeah, as yeah. we find out with, 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 with our, this one. our episode today. But for some reason, I remember them being good. Paul Hall Blues. That is an episode that right back on our episode one, I pinpointed as being one of my favourites. Ah, okay. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that again, and hopefully it holds up now. <laughs> years and years after first watching it you yeah. get the obvious like you said with jimmy and so on uh, but blind faith i don't know why but that one stands out to me as being brilliant but i can't remember anything about it but the name kind of conjures up memories of this this being an episode i really enjoyed I, I think if I've got this right, he leaps into a blind. Oh yes, okay. Sam, sorry, leaps into a blind. Blind man. Um, piano he, he's player. He's part of an orchestra. I yeah, believe. piano player, isn't he? I think. Right, but obviously Sam can actually see. So I, I think that's a, an episode that's got quite a few clever takes on his scenario that he's found himself in. But I, I think there's plenty in the next season to, to really keep us going, Benny. There's enough so, in there to, for everybody to enjoy and us for us to sink our teeth into, definitely. I think um, so, mate. Yeah. I, I think so. I'm looking forward to watching Honeymoon Express. I do, like, obviously, we just compared it. To, and if when you when you listen to this show and you are if you are watching along with us, if you've just watched Play It Again Seymour, we apologise. But <laughs> yes. season two, Honeymoon Express, you'll see what I mean when I say play it against Seymour could have been so much more, so much more based on Honeymoon Express. And the fact, I didn't know this, obviously you brought it up earlier, the fact that it is the same writer and the same director, Mm -hmm. I think says it all. So again, maybe without looking into it, maybe it was more of a, we need to make nine episodes, here it is. You know? I don't know. Potentially. And it's 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 depressing really because we both love the show. And I, I don't think we were overly harsh with Play Against Seymour. I don't think we were like just ripped into it because that's not what we're about. But it's not a good episode, you know? No, so, and we know there are so many greater ones. moments There's coming some good up. ones, honestly. So, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so no, that's it. That's it as far as I'm concerned, Benny. I think that's, uh, that's us done for this episode. And ultimately, I think that's us done for this season of Quantum Leap. And then also the first season of The Waiting Room. Absolutely. As Benny mentioned, we are looking to bring you season two in the new year. Hopefully we will be with you by, if, well, if not by, definitely on the start of February, I where just we will look start now, looking actually. through season two. Um, I think, yeah, Benny. I, I want to say roughly, sorry, before you, we cut off, I want to say I think the first episode will probably be out. It's going to be February. It will stick to Fridays, assuming it is on Radio Techers, um, which I think it will be. Um, be, and I yeah. think we're going to aim for February 11th, I think, will be the first episode of season two. So gives me inside time off over Christmas. Uh, and then it gives us a chance to record some episodes. There's a lot more to do next season for us. Um, the day before my birthday, mate. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, as, the 11th. as you hear this episode, it will be Christmas Eve. So Merry Christmas to everybody and hope you have a good one, really. That's all I got from myself. Yeah, I will echo those sentiments. Merry Christmas to everybody out there listening. Uh, Benny, do you want to just shout out a few of the social medias for the waiting room before we depart? And then also where everyone can find your good self? Uh, it's at waiting room 
pod underscore on Instagram, I believe. I've lost my piece of paper, yep. so it's <laughs> terrible. And it's The Waiting Room on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at WaitingRoomPod underscore there. Uh, you can find me at SJP Words as well. Uh, Benny, I believe it's at Benny Mac, B-E-N-N-Y-M-A-C-K. Is that correct? Correct, Amundo. All these links are, all the uh, socials are in the description of the show as well, by the way. I just want to point that out there. Yeah, brilliant <laughs> And lastly, before we depart, I want to say thank you so, so much to everybody who has sent us positive feedback with regards to the show. People saying that they've not seen Quantum Leap before, but this makes them want to go back and watch. People saying that they've seen the show before, but not for many years. People saying that they've not real any interest in watching Quantum Leap. However, they love hearing us discuss it. Thank you so, so much for the positive feedback. I hope we can continue to provide some entertaining content, podcast episodes, however you want to word it, with season two when that comes to you in the new year. And lastly, Benny, I want to say thank you so, so much to you for doing this with me, discussing these last past nine episodes. And I really look forward to getting into season two with you, my friend. It's going to be good. Uh, I've I've enjoyed it, so I appreciate you. Uh, obviously, we when we talked about doing this, it took a little bit to get going, obviously, but um, um, we sort of flushed it out how we were going to do it, when we were going to do it. Um, and then obviously Radio Tech has jumped on board, which was brilliant. So again, thank you for them for hosting it. And uh, again, I've already said this in a previous episode, but for them to host a TV pop culture review type show when they're all about, you know, wrestling, UFC, uh, football, F1, mm-hmm. sport, nothing wrong with that, obviously, for them to let us do this show. And we're, you know, everybody's interacted with us. Thank you. I wasn't aware we had people interacting with us until you said, sorry, about who have never seen the show, but just listen to the show anyway. That's much appreciated. That's uh, <laughs> I, I don't, it's mind-boggling almost for me. Um, that's <laughs> awesome. But it's been a great freaking season. And I hope everybody else has enjoyed it, like you've already said. So I think for the last time in 2021, we are going to leap out and we'll see you in 2022. See you again, Sai. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everyone and we'll see you in the new year. Thank you very much. Oh, boy. Oh boy.